This is Stephen Osicki from the band Caterpillars, and you listen to the podcast as the story grows. Welcome to the next chapter of As the Story Grows. I'm Brian Patton. This week, we welcome Caterpillars drummer Stephen Osicki to the podcast. Caterpillars will release their new record, Where Shadows Go to Speak, on August 28th via a brand new label, Frank Club Records. When Stephen and I chatted, cassettes were half gone, but looking online this morning, cassettes have now sold out. So you missed out on that, but the album is available on Bandcamp, mobile on Spotify, Apple Music, etc., A link to pre-order on Bandcamp will be in the show notes. If you enjoy what you hear on the show, I encourage you to snag a download of the record. It's hard out there for bands these days, and supporting by buying the record is the very least that we can do as music fans. Steven talks about how his dad almost became a one-hit wonder, how moving for a girl cost a band signing to Equal Vision Records, and the new Caterpillars record. So enjoy this week's chat with Steven Osicki. The, the question I've been asking everybody now is, how is life in the time of COVID for you, Ben? Oh, man, it has been crazy. Like, a lot has been going on, like, because I just had a baby. Yeah. June, June 12th. So, you, oh, know, I've been, you know, thank you. But, you know, so I've been going through all of that lately, you know, just trying to cope with everything, you know, not be able to do so much. And, you know, and it's been hard. But at the same time, a blessing because, like, we finished the album. You know, we got a lot done because of the quarantine, you know, because, it, you know, luckily we did the drums before the whole thing happened. Yeah. So, you know, so, like, so it was, like, a blessing that we had time to do guitars and everything at our own homes because that's what we're going to do anyway. We're going to record everything ourselves anyway. And plus with the whole parents and that being a new parent and everything you know gave me time to like get ready for the baby you know make sure everything was good to go and stuff and the only bad thing you know about it kind of that kind of messed things up was like our family couldn't be around for the baby we couldn't do a baby yeah. shower you know we we, I, we couldn't do like the mom we couldn't do like the mom classes or anything like that so like we had to do everything on YouTube and stuff, so we we, oh, we may do. Yeah, we may do, but you know that that I think you know just that experience alone would have been cool just to be a part of. So, yeah. but yeah, but we're making it through. That's cool. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in South Jersey um, until I was maybe. Oh man, I moved around a lot 
but I lived in New Jersey, South Jersey, like Vineland, Millville, New Jersey, okay. until I was like 17, I believe. And then right. I lived in, I went to Ocean City, New Jersey for 10th grade, so like 16, I guess. And then Ocean City, um, until I was in my junior year. And then my mom got married to this guy named Virgil that wanted to move back to Michigan because that's where he was from. So I went to high school my junior and senior year in Manistee, Michigan. But I moved back to Jersey, well, Philly, with my dad after, right after I was done school because I wanted to be back with my friends and my rest of my family and stuff. And then I moved to Arizona. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I yeah I moved around. I moved to Arizona um, when I was like 23 or 24, I believe, um, because of this girl, and then I moved to Texas because <laughs> of the same girl. Then I moved to Texas because of the same girl, um, and I've been in Texas since. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Did things work out with the girl? Oh no, it didn't work out with the girl at all. <laughs> no, no, not not, she, the, she not, not the baby mama. She, no, she pretty much don't feel right when I moved to Texas. Oh man! So I dropped everything, you know, for her in in Arizona, just to move to Texas. And then, you know, luckily I had a good job, and you know, and so, you know, Texas still worked out for me. And now, you know, I have a wife and I have a new kid, so it worked. It all worked out. It all worked out. <laughs> uh, that's great. <laughs> what got you to music? My dad. My dad was a drummer in a lot of cover bands when I was a kid and um well my dad and my uncle John my uncle John was in bands but my dad and my uncle John like taught me so much about music and about my dad taught me about drumming like my uncle John like grew up listening to Rush Queen the Pixies all that stuff Fagazi and so I was lucky enough to grow up with that kind of music and stuff and you know and my dad, you know, grew up like with not like not my dad, but I did. But my dad grew up with managed nails and like a lot of industrial music, like Skinny Puppy and everything. Okay. This was crazy. Yeah, it was just crazy and stuff. That's my dad. Like my dad used to love industrial music and like Tom Petty also and some classic rock stuff. But um, that's just how I got into music. Just from my dad and Uncle John. My dad played in cover bands. He actually wrote the drum beat. For the song "Walking on Sunshine," oh really? The song, yeah. He played with Katrina in the Waves for like maybe a couple months, if I remember correctly. And before they got signed, before they hold that thing happened and stuff, they came to America because I think they're from like a different country or something. And he had played drums for them, and they were working on that song, and he came with that drum beat. But he didn't like. I don't think he recorded the, the, the song, but he he made that beat. And that's amazing. That's that that's super cool. Just missed out on being uh one hit wonder. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So I I don't know what happened or you know, like you know, maybe he was just there just as a you know, a person to help out or anything, but yeah, I don't know what happened. And plus my dad was also my dad still is. He's a roadie. So I used to go to concerts with him all the time when I was a kid. Just to go backstage and stuff and um I met a lot of bands that way and stuff, and he still does it now. He's still a roadie now since I was a kid, but he does more like cover band roadie stuff now, local stuff. Because he was a drummer, was it easy for you to just 
take up that mantle and play drums from him? Was that your, your instrument of choice because drums are around? Drums were definitely my instrument of choice, but I didn't really learn drums from my dad. Like, I picked up drums a lot later in my life. Like, I started, I started playing drums when I was five years old, but it wasn't, like, you know, something I played all the time. You know, like, I didn't even have a drum kit, so, like, I just... It was just here and there. I really started playing drums when I was in high school and actually getting into it and stuff. But, um, but yeah, and I, I just did it myself. And I think the only reason why drums resonate with me, because they were around when I was a kid, they're the ones that kind of like, you know, just I noticed that I touched and everything. So, but yeah, so, but yeah, but drums really like didn't really start until I was like a, a teenager. When you started, because you moved around so frequently in high school, is it hard to like get into bands and and play that way? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I played a cover bands here and there, so like, but I was never like in a band until I moved back to Jersey um, from um, you know Michigan and everything. After I moved to Michigan, stuff I played in like this band in Michigan that was like like high school with my high school friends and he did like one new year's eve show where we just played nirvana songs so <laughs> so um but besides that you know i didn't actually join a real band until i moved back to philly and jersey and everything and then that's when like music actually took over you know like that's when i was like man i want to do this you know i want to i fell in love with it when i found this one band that i used to play with called um Lenity, which was like this worship Christian band that I used to play in, but I, yeah, and I didn't get serious into that until I was in that band Lenity, and then I was like just in love with with being in the band. So yeah. So since since that point, you always tried to find a band. Like, did you have a band when you were in Arizona, and then you know, Texas to Caterpillars? Everywhere I went, I tried to find a band. Um, I was in a band in Arizona called the Constellation Branch. albums and um we were actually close to getting signed to equal vision records until i moved <laughs> oh man yeah so i kind of dropped everything for this girl until i moved and i think because we were touring a lot we were doing really good and stuff and you know but you know i was like in love with that band like i was like heartbroken that you know i decided to leave that band and it didn't work out between her and i and stuff but um but yeah, I was in that band for a few years, and that band was great. But then when I moved to um, Texas, I started, um, I think Caterpillars was the first band I tried out for. I can't remember, but 
But yeah, when I moved to Arizona, Caterpillars was already a band since 2008. But I joined the band in 2011 after their first EP. Um, they had okay. a drummer. Yeah, I had. They had a drummer already that recorded their first EP. That I was a part of, but um, he didn't. I guess he quit or whatever. And um, I didn't join them to 2011. That's the year. I think 2010 or, or like early 2011 is when I moved to to Texas. That's cool. And at that point, they had done their first EP with Ed Rose. So, I mean, they already had that familiarity. What was that like for you? You joined this band and get to go record with Ed Rose. Well, yeah, when I found out they recorded, I think that's what kind of got me really interested. It was like, okay, Ed Rose. Okay, this is awesome. Because I don't even know who Ed Rose was from all the bands I listened to and stuff. So it got me really like, Interested, like, who is this band? Like, they recorded with Ed Rose. This is awesome. And when I heard their music, I just fell so much in love with it. And then, you know, Chris and I just talked and everything, and it just, you know, we connected, and I just been in the band, you know, kind of since, since the whole I started, except for like a year. I quit the band for one year, maybe a year and a half to focus on work and stuff where they had another drummer sit in for me I guess you could say but before that we recorded an album called The Other Side which was mixed by Ed Rose so I still got to work with Ed Rose again so that was cool what's been uh, the trajectory and, and life of the band as it's played out so far Mo- mostly like local and, and just just working in around your lives or- yeah pretty much right that's what it is right now is um you know, we've just been definitely, definitely right now. You know, I have a new kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, our ba- our bass player lives in San Diego, <laughs> and um, our new guitar player lives in Austin, and Chris lives in like outside of Fort Worth. But even before then, we played just tons of local shows. We did tour a few times, but we just never got a chance to like do a full tour and everything because our because at the point when Caterpillars was you know still being a thing it became a back burner in a way because we knew that work and stuff was more important and um we just started doing it for fun so we never really talked about touring as much but we did want to tour still you know we did you know try to get signed to a label whatever and stuff but that was before now we're just like whatever happens happens you know and especially with the covid thing who knows when we're ever going to even play a show again <laughs> so yeah you know so yeah. so yeah but it's always been mostly local since you know since i joined the band with a couple like week week tours here and there that's cool how'd you guys get uh connected with frank club records uh our friend rob who um well okay there's this group called um emo posting a uh, midwest emo posting which is a huge like emo group um, that has like I think like eighteen thousand people, thirteen thousand, something like that. And um, they just talk about music and stuff. And the guy who runs that group on Facebook, um, him and this guy named Rob, wanted to start a record label that kind of had like the whole Deep Elm Records vibe to it, like Tooth and Nail, like old school Tooth and Nail vibe. And they wanted to start it and everything. And so they wanted us start the label with some of their friends that they're in bands. And um, that's just where we came in. You know, I knew Rob, I knew Daniel, and 
we talked about what we wanted and stuff, you know, since the whole, again, the whole pandemic thing is going on and stuff, you know, what most we can do with our music and they just seem like they would, they fit what we wanted to do with our music. And so we just went with them and it's been great ever since. Yeah, they're very, they're up and coming still. And I mean, it's surprising. Like, man, like they're already, like they're already talking about other big bands that people know, you know, that they're going to release music with already, which is crazy, you know, and they, they just started, um, they had this one band, um, I can't remember the name, it starts with a V, for, for, for Dara or whatever. Takora? Yeah, yeah. And it has members from Poor Luke, Poor Luke in it. Poor Lou, sorry. Yeah. Poor Olu in it. So, um, you know, it's crazy, you know? So, like, I'm, yeah, I'm really proud of them, and I'm glad to be a part of it. you're gonna release your brand new record i guess where shadows go to speak august 28th just around the corner uh is there a theme to this record there is um it's a you know we try to make it it's kind of weird like we didn't end up trying to make it a um a concept album but you know a couple of songs in we're like man we're writing you know we are writing about the same stuff, you know, maybe we should make it a concept album, but we didn't start the album as that idea. So now the album is about like a guy who's in a really deep coma, you know, and like, you know, dreaming in it and just trying to get out of it and stuff. And, and that's pretty much what it is. It's just about a guy who's in a coma, that's in a deep coma and having dreams while he's in there. And, you know, and, and about the people that are outside the coma, you know, what they're going through as well, you know, grief and everything, you know, what they should do, if they should pull the plug, you know, what, you know, so it's back and forth, you know, it's about the person that's in the coma and about the people that have to decide what they should do, you know, should they play it out, you know, or should they, you know, you know, just let, let it, you know, let nature take this, take its course kind of thing. So yeah, so we didn't start it, the album as a concept, but it just turned out that way because a lot of the songs started blending together and the lyrics started matching together. So then like when like four songs in, we're like, well, these songs actually connect. So maybe we should just make a whole album about this whole scenario. And so we did. You said you guys recorded this on your own. You had recorded the drums and everybody else kind of record at home. What was the writing process like? What's your writing process like as a band? Well, usually our writing process from the other albums, we just, we, Chris writes a lot of the music. Um, so he has like, you know, the bones and the guitars and everything and vocals already. And then we usually go to practice and play them out. But this album, you know, again, because of the pandemic that we 
we couldn't. So we had to like just go back and forth. Luckily, a lot of the songs were already written. Um, and that's, and I recorded drums at Chris's house. So luckily I had all of that done except for maybe like one song or two songs. But, um, but yeah, luckily we had all that done and stuff. A lot of songs are done already before the pandemic. But when it came to guitars and bass, we didn't have none of that done. And we were talking about going back to Cleveland, Ohio, um, to work with Jim Wirt again, who did our second out full length album. Um, he worked with Incubus, Fiona Apple, um, Jack's Mannequin, bands like that and stuff. So he did a second album, The Wicked and Wonderful, and we were actually talking about maybe going back to him, but because of the whole pandemic and how expensive things got, it just didn't work out. So we just did everything ourselves. Eric, who, um, Eric is a beast. He's a new member of the band. He just joined the band like a year and a half ago, right when we started working on this album. And he is such a beast. He's an amazing guitar player. And he mixed and mastered the whole album himself. You know, we just sent him guitar parts. We sent him ideas through email, you know, bass, vocals, just, you know, at our own house. And he just did his thing and then sent them back to us for approval, and that's how we wrote the album. Yeah, yeah, he did so much, and he did it all for free. Even though he's in the band, you know, it's kind of like, man, we should pay you something. <laughs> but, yeah. but, um, because he did so much, and yeah, he is such a beast doing it. But it's funny, it worked out for him, because now, because how he fell in love mixing this and mastering this album, he's actually doing it for other bands now. So he's actually making extra money because of this album that he did. So it worked out for him in the long run. So that's cool. Yeah, the record's super cool. Um, what were your influences while writing and, and I guess general as a band? Well, our influences are like the Appleseed cast, um, Sunny Day Real Estate, Old Jimmy at World, I guess, like Clarity, um, Jimmy at World, and... I know, I like Death Cat for Cutie, but I know Chris and um, Ben, I think, are like huge Death Cat fans and minus the Bear fans and stuff and everything. But, um, so yeah, and I think there, and I think on this album, we wanted to go more melodic and stuff than we did the last EP. Last EP, we kind of went post hardcore, more aggressive, the, um, the Company of Wolves. Because we just wanted to write a political album. So we got our, like, our energy and our, you know, our angst out of that EP. And we were like, well, let's just talk, you know, at first we were talking about making an album that was going to be all acoustic. So, you know, we're going to make this a stripped down album and everything and just be like, okay, what influences we can do? You know, we're thinking about Jeremy Enix solo stuff, you know, just, we just wanted to do a stripped down album and um, it didn't end up that way but all the songs are actually written on acoustic guitar so even on the recordings every song has acoustic guitar on it because that's how the song started out of was acoustic so but our influences on this one I guess you would say is like Mew um, Jeremy Enoch 
you know, me drumming wise, it was like the talking heads and stuff. Like I tried more folky kind of beats and stuff and more kind of like indie beats than this aggressive and this straightforward beats. So, yeah, so I, you know, it, it varies, you know. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned, uh, the company of wolves uh on that ep you have jonah from far on the title track how'd you guys uh end up working with jonah getting him to record with you well i talked to jonah for a while on facebook um i i met him once because my old band the constellation branch uh when far did a reunion tour um opened for them in in arizona phoenix and so i got to talk to jonah and the rest of the guys back then and this ever since i just been friends with jonah on facebook and then i was like man like this one song is like super far you know like the band far sounding like very like, aggressive and post-hardcore and stuff and i was like man we should get jonah on this and so i talked to the guys i was like how would you guys feel if i just email jonah and ask him to do some vocals for it and they're like whoa you know like heck yeah let's do it so i just emailed him um asked him and he was like yeah I'm, I'm totally down. Let's do this. And so we sent him the tracks, and he did his part, sent them back to us, and we got him in the songs. Yeah, and then then I guess like a few months later, before the album even came out, or maybe the album was already out, I can't remember, um, he did a, a Water Solutions tour where he did like songs from Water Solutions with a backup band, and we got to open up for him during that tour, and then he came on stage and sang his part on our song with us, which was amazing. It was like such a cool experience because like, I love Far, you know, I love his projects, when I'm drawing, new and original. So it was like so cool to see someone I looked up to when I was, you know, younger, actually playing with, playing with him was insane. It was so cool. <laughs> August 28th, new record, Where Shadows Go to Speak. Cassettes are at least half sold out, I saw on Facebook. Yeah, cassettes are, um, so I was, we're doing cassettes and digital right now. Um, we do have CDs coming, um, which I'm excited about, you know, and I hope, I really hope this album will get a vinyl pressing, but um, we'll just see how that thing, how that goes, but right now, it's it's not in the books right now, but we do have CDs coming eventually. But right now, we're just doing tapes for pre-order, and um, and some you know some streaming services. Of course, we'll have it when the album comes out. Yeah, we're, we're you know we're, we're talking about different options. You know, like like maybe do it at Indiegogo or a Kickstarter or something to see what what you know what comes of it and everything. Cause the label we're on now, you know, they're still a very small label. And yeah. um, so they're just they're starting out. So they don't have the money to do vinyl yet. So it would just be under us. But, you know, 
the tapes and stuff they're doing and everything are, are coming out so cool. You know, the yeah. tapes look amazing, and I'm I'm so excited about those. And I know people are like, tapes, like what the heck? Like, <laughs> but it's it's really cool, and you know, it, it does come with a digital download. So you know, people, you know, when they do buy tapes, they still get a digital download. So you know, yeah. So they have two options to listen to it and everything, but. But yeah, I'm excited and, you know, it's just crazy, you know, to be, you know, working again with all the stuff going on, you know, because like I quit the band. Well, me and Ben quit the band um, earlier this year, I think. I can't remember. Yeah, earlier this year because I, you know, the baby was coming. Ben was moving to San, uh, San Diego and we're like, well, we can still finish this album but we can't do any more and stuff and everything so so we were done but then you know we we started talking more and stuff and like the whole pandemic thing happened and man i think i mentioned the pandemic thing like several times in this interview <laughs> but you know it's, that's you know that's what's going on yeah it's on all our minds <laughs> and um but yeah, and it just worked out that we can stay in the band and still write amazing music. And, you know, and it's cool because Ben has so many <laughs> travel miles, like flyer miles, like whatever they call it, frequent flyer miles. That if, yeah. if, a, if a show happens that's like super important, that he can just fly down there and play the show. And like, okay, this can work out still. This is awesome. And everything. So we talked it all out and we decided to stay in the band and just make it work what we can do. But at that time, there was a song that we just released a single for, called Tangents. And um, that song is actually about me and Ben quitting the band. So it's kind of like a breakup song, love song to me and Ben. And, um, yeah, so it's a very personal kind of song, but he kind of hit it to make it sound like a love song, like a goodbye song about a couple. But the song was actually about me and Ben, which was, like, intense when he told us that, because I had no clue. And then he oh, said man. that, and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> kind of like, it's kind of like Don't Don't Speak by No Doubt. She wrote that song about the bass player, because he used a date. And he was like, I know the song's about me, but I'm going to play on it anyway. Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our theme song was written and composed by the legendary Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe on iTunes and give the show a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, click on the Patreon link at asthestorygrows.com. If you enjoyed this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening. Listen along and the wheels are turning
Let's go.